Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. This episode of the Raptors Over Everything Podcast is brought to you by our official sponsor, Kentucky Fried Chicken, the new official food of basketball. So make sure you're never missing buckets. Order yours online at kfc.ca and get it before tip-off. So I'm recapping the Toronto Raptors' 140-111 to win over the Washington Wizards. That's right. The Raptors scored 140 points in a professional basketball game that didn't even have overtime. The Raptors matched a franchise record um, in scoring with 140. And if you just look at the final numbers, they're kind of nuts. All right. The Raptors shot 57% from the field, 51% from three-point line, and they had 35 assists and, of course, 140 points as a team. That's just, I mean, I don't even know what to say, really. Like, that's just incredible. I mean, it says two things, really. One. Raptors had a really good game. Like, they moved the ball beautifully. They led from start to finish. Uh, they got up to a big lead. They didn't give up most of that big lead. I mean, it, the, the Wizards did briefly get that down to single digits, but it was like eight points, and the Raptors immediately responded, pushed that thing back up to double digits, and it was kind of a blowout from from, from there, basically. It just resumed being a blowout. Um, so, you know, it, it says that the Raptors, you know, just played really well uh, offensively. They moved the ball beautifully. The 35 assists is really nice to see. But what it also says is just the Wizards are pathetic, man. Like, people were saying, you know, that, hey, there should be a slander pod. And trust me, uh, I remember the 2015 playoffs. I, I just delight uh, in just every bit of Wizards misery. Uh, this is a joke of an organization. Um, they just, I, th- I mean, they finally fire Ernie Grunfeld, but, I mean, the results are exactly the same. Uh, actually, my favorite side about the Wizards, just, you know, I, I don't want to slander too much about the Wizards because they're just kind of a joke. It's not even a point to slandering them. It's, it's any sort of comment on the Wizards is slander. But my my favorite thing about the Wizards is that they have not won 50 games in a season, which is not that hard. Let's be real, right? 50 games in a season is not that hard. The Raptors have won 50 games in a over 50 games in the last, like, four seasons now in a row, right? They have not won. They've not had a 50-win season. In 40 years, this is, and they're not gonna, obviously going to have one this year. The last time they won 50 games was 1979. My dad was barely born at that time. Like, in, in my entire lifetime, I have not seen the Wizards win 50 games. They've come close. They got 49 a couple years ago. They were close. But this is this is just a joke of an organization. And, like, I don't even know. It's hard to evaluate a game like this just because, like, what's the point? The, the other team didn't show up. They don't care. They don't play. Like, it's it's almost pointless to watch some of these games. Like it's 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 like that. I mean, I don't want to be, I don't want to take anything away from the Raptors. Like they played really well, but it's just man, the Wizards. They're they're just they're just really sad. So yeah, the Raptors scored 140 points. I would say pretty much everybody who played played well for the Raptors. I uh, can't really have much to complain about. Like you know, you just small knocks. You can be like, oh yeah, Pascal didn't play defense on a couple of possessions. I mean, you know, Rondé cramped his floor spacing and. You know, uh, 
McCaw turned down some open threes. But, like, there's nothing really to argue about. Nothing. There's just nothing to nitpick at. First off, at the point of Pascal's defense, yeah, he didn't play a little bit of defense here or there. He looked a little lethargic overall. But, I mean, realistically, um, I mean, what do you want him to do? Like, the Wizards haven't didn't play defense for the entire game. So, um, you know, it's it's just something to keep an eye on. I do think that Pascal's conditioning might not be fully there. Um, obviously, Pascal, when he's right, is one of the most high-energy players in the NBA. Uh, he made a, 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 a name, a whole career off doing that. Um, and obviously, now he's transitioned to more of a skills part of his game. But still, a lot of his game is still predicated on athleticism, energy, and everything like that. Um, and, you know, after you suffer a groin injury, you know, A, the conditioning is probably not just going to be the same just because it's hard. It's You can't really move around that much. And then B, um, I just don't know fully if Pascal fully, fully trusts his body just yet. I mean, I'm not in his head. I can't, I can't say that for sure. But if you do summer, suffer an injury like that, it probably takes a little bit of time to get to trust uh, in your own abilities. So, you know, it's still something to keep an eye on. I don't think it was much of a problem against OKC, but uh, it definitely was a problem against the Spurs, and it was a problem tonight. Uh, you know, but I mean, again, like, I don't know. Maybe Pascal just looked at the Wizards and was like, you know, y'all got this. Like, you know, maybe he looked at Norman Powell scoring twenty-eight points off the bench, and he's like, I'm good. Or Marcus Gall, Marcus Gall scoring twenty points for the first time in his career as a Raptor uh, in twenty-nine minutes, and said, I'm good. Or Terrence Davis giving you twenty-three off the bench. Like, it's not like the Raptors are hurting for offense, so. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those games where everyone played well. So, first off, Nick Nurse started with the big lineup again. Now, Nick said, before the game, he said he just wanted to get one more look at it. Uh, it's the same lineup that started against OKC. That lineup is Serge Ibaka and Marc Gasol in the front court with Pascal Siakam playing three, OJ Anomaly playing two, and Kyle Lowry at one. First off, this is pretty much the biggest lineup they can put out there on the floor physically. Um, maybe you could put replace it with, like, Makaz or Lowry, and you have six six guys all across the floor. But, of course, I mean, come on. Kyle Lowry functionally plays a lot bigger than Makaz does. But it, it's just massive. I mean, when you think about it, OG and Obi is lining up a two-guard. He's six foot eight with a seven foot three wingspan. It, it's, it's kind of nuts. And you know what? I'm not sure this big lineup works against every single team, but it definitely has something to it in the sense that there's just mismatches, man. Like, when you look at it, like, OG can pretty much post this guy whenever he wants. And, you know, Sergeant Bakken's can crash in for offensive rebounds because he's freaking massive. And he's getting boxed out. Today he's getting boxed out by Jan Mahimni. Okay, Mahimni's actually pretty big, but still, I mean, come on. Or Thomas Bryant, who had one defensive rebound tonight. I mean, Jesus Christ. The Wizards are such a joke. Their starting center had one rebound in three points in 16 minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, there's just there's mismatch and defensively it's not even funny like it's it's funny how big the Raptors were tonight man and the Wizards actually started a pretty big lineup like they start uh, you know Isaiah small and obviously Kyle Lowry is bigger than Isaiah but Beal is a regular size shooting guard but the thing is he was going to be against OG and OG's like got four inches on him and then you look at a guy like Isaac Bonga who was actually pretty bitty big to, to be honest I mean he's supposed to be a point guard he actually had a really nice game tonight. Um, but he's roughly the same size as Pascal, and Mahimni's there against Ibaka, and Thomas Bryant is also, you know, pretty big. He's not as big as Gasol, but still pretty big. But, I mean, this is an unusual team they're playing. The Wizards right now, because of their injuries and because, I don't know, a bad just bad coaching, they, they, they have this lineup that they have right now. But um, for the most part, like, this lineup for the Raptors is going to be bigger than every team. Like, it's just, it was like that against OKC. They're just so big, and there's just so much length and, 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 and just – you know, it honestly reminds me of, like, the best-case scenario for the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, that's pretty much what they're trying to do is, you know, if you look at it, okay, so you have um, two 
power forward slash centers on the floor, like traditional players. Al Horford traditionally is a power forward. Serge Ibaka traditionally is a power forward. Uh, you know, Gasol and, and Beat are both centers, obviously. Tobias Harris is a big, small forward. You know, that's that's the same as uh, Pascal Siakam. And then, uh, you know, at two guard, they're starting Josh Richardson, who's pretty big for a shooting guard. OG Anobi's a little bit bigger than that. And, of course, Kyle Lowry is smaller than Ben Simmons, but, you know, you know Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons, so whatever. Uh, but, you know, it, it's... It's kind of similar to what the Sixers are trying to do, but it kind of has the best of both worlds in the sense that, you know, defensively you have all the length, you have all the mismatches you have across the floor, uh, but also you're not giving up, like, any sort of spacing or playmaking that you normally would with a bigger lineup like this. If you look at it, Gasol's on the perimeter, and he's a big threat to shoot. Like, tonight he was 6-7 from 3. He's shooting above 40% from 3 uh, on the season from deep. Like, you know, you have to step out there and guard him. And then that leaves Ibaka out there. And Ibaka also offers some spacing of his own, obviously. If he's in the corner and stuff like that, he can shoot that three. Uh, but also, it, it just opens up the space for Ibaka to just traditionally be a center, play his role. And then, of course, OG's a threat to shoot. Uh, Pascal's a threat to shoot. And Kyle Lowry's a threat to shoot. And then you have playmakers as well. Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam are going to initiate a lot of the plays. Marcus Gasol can also initiate plays. And OG Anobi is going to defend. He's going to create deflections. The Raptors are going to in transition. Like, they're not really missing anything. Um... And even defensively, like, they can keep up because OG can guard every wing player in the NBA. And Pascal Siakam could guard wings, no problem. He's quick enough. He's long enough. Um, and even Serge Ibaka and Marcus Lowe, if they need to get on the perimeter, they can do it for a possession or two. And they got a high defensive IQ as a unit. They can rotate. They know how to help each other. There's always rim protection because, I mean, come on, man. They got, like, four shot blockers on the floor. So it's it's an interesting lineup, and I'm not sure if Nick is going to roll with it consistently. Uh, he announced today that Fred VanVleet obviously didn't play today, but he is going to return tomorrow against the Minnesota Timberwolves on a back-to-back. So uh, we'll see what the lineup looks like then. Nurse has also talked about how he wants to experiment with his different lineups, which makes sense. I mean, you know, I, I think you should explore different starting lineup options. But this one's interesting, and especially against certain lineups, like in certain matchups. Let's say you play Philly in the in the playoffs. This is a lineup that could work really well against Philly, especially against their starting lineup. So, uh, I like what I saw there. Um, you know, if I, uh, you know, you easily I could just go by player by player. Um, Serge Ibaka, you know, just uh, you know, defensively, Serge, he, he could do a little bit more, but obviously he's carried such a heavy load for the guys. Uh, obviously, being the only viable center, um, you know, you know, Boucher is nice and he makes a lot of plays, but. Uh, Ibaka had to, you know, wrestle with anybody who just, you know, wasn't a twig at center uh, during the stretch. And Ibaka, uh, you know, really held down the floor. And he wasn't even bad tonight. 15 points, 8 rebounds, got an offensive glass, uh, made a couple of nice passes. Um, he's just playing within the flow of the offense. It's so easy for Serge to get to his points now. And he's rebounding well. Um, I like his energy right now, Serge. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I think he could probably benefit from a little load management as well. But for the most part, you know, Ibaka played well and didn't look out of place in that, in that too big lineup, which is always nice to know that Gasol and Ibaka – um, have that chemistry together that if you need to go and bulk up, you know, the, the, the two guys know how to play with each other. Pascal I talked about a little bit, you know, a little lethargic at, at times, but still, you know, forced his way to the free throw line a couple of times there. Um, you know, could it's not he, he could get to the rim if he wanted to, stuff like that. He made a couple of defensive plays. To be honest, it was just, um, I don't know, it, it, it wasn't the best game from Pascal, and, and I'm sure he could do better. OG was uh, really, really good in his 26 minutes, 18 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 steals. Um, the turnovers are a little unfortunate. Uh, you know, I, I do wish he was a little bit more coordinated. Sometimes he does move out there like Bambi, but, uh, you know, it's just 
I mean, OG is just back to playing the way he played at the start of the season when everyone was head over heels about this guy. I mean, he was getting so many steals and blocks every game. And I really do think that, you know, um, you know, A, playing in this bigger lineup, when he has his confidence that there's, like, two shot blockers behind him, could be a little, a little bit more uh, aggressive offensively. But I also just feel like it's just OG taking more of an initiative on himself to be more engaged defensively. Like, you know, b- before the season, on, on media, they actually asked OG Anobi, like, you know, who are the three toughest players to guard in the NBA? And he said LeBron and KD, which I'm like, obviously. And then the third one he said was Bradley Beal, which I, I, I would have been surprised by because it's not necessarily who you would think is the third hardest defensive assignment in the nba except for the fact that beal has cooked og over the years like just historically it's been there i mean even the last meeting beal had like 30 plus uh and definitely as a rookie i remember a couple games where beal has given og some problems and beal's just like legitimately a really good player um but yeah i mean you look at the matchup tonight og against beal he did a great job early in the game there was a dribble handoff which is a very popular play involving beal and OG just, like, got his hands in there and just, like, pretty much mugged them. Like, he didn't foul them. It's a big thing. He was very physical, and he just stole the ball. He just snatched it away because he was stronger. He was bigger. He was longer. And, you know, the guy that OG increasingly def- reminds me of defensively is kind of like Ron Artest in the sense that he's just so strong, and he's very long. And the one thing with Artest that's different from OG is that Artest um, – had this particular energy about him i I, you know i I don't want to characterize it as something necessarily demeaning but oh you know our test definitely played with an energy and an intensity that was rare and unusual and i don't know if og matches that intensity very often if ever but you know i'd like to see that uh, that aggression from og because like he can really make plays and it's not a surprise that you know this game and the OKC game, uh, he gets a couple of steals and his scoring goes up. Because, like, a lot of that is just him fueling his own offense, man. When he can sort of get the Raptors playing in fast break, that's when OG's at his best. Uh, you know, coming in for dunks. Um, you know, obviously you can hit the catch and shoot three and whatever. And he can make a couple of plays, you know, when drives and you can get inside, score. But, um, it, you know, if he if he defends, if he creates deflections, that gets the Raptors out in the fast break. That helps OG as well. So I thought OG was phenomenal tonight. Um, Marcus Gasol. He's probably he's my first start tonight. I mean, twenty points, six rebounds, five assists, two steals, a block, plus twenty six in twenty nine minutes. Just so many brilliant plays. I mean, like the Wizards currently, they're so banged up. They're basically playing a G League team, so it's not surprising that Mark would be able to outwit them. But the disrespect in which Marcus saw outwitted them was just amazing. Like I forget who one of these random Wizard scrubs goes in for the goes in hard for a dunk. Oh, Mark just like swipes the ball away. Starts the fast break. Raptors go the other way. They score. Uh, you know, Mark's just running the offense, and he casually goes bet- behind his back and then tosses a little soft dump-off pass to Norman Powell, who curls around him and gets in lane for a floater. That was honestly a contender for a KFC play of the game, except for, you know, later on I'll actually display what actually was the KFC play of the game. Uh, Mark was just, he was just toying with them, man. It's just such a high IQ player. The one thing I like about Mark right now is the way the rotations are working is that Mark is basically that first big off the floor. Around the six, seven minute mark of the first quarter, Nick Nurse pulls away from that big lineup and he's, um, you know, going back to a more traditional lineup with Ibaka at center, Pascal at four, and he's subbing in a wing. Usually it's done, it's been Norman Powell for Mark Russell. But the thing is, Gasol has come back into the game at the start of the second quarter, the start of the fourth quarter, to just sort of uh, orchestrate things for the second unit. And that has really done wonders for the second unit, I feel like. 
And it was a big reason why the Raptors were able to establish a, a huge lead against OKC um, in the first half. Uh, you know, Mark was running with that second unit, and today, Mark with the second unit was just phenomenal. Like he was just just making so many plays, just passing. And you know, it's just when Mark is on the floor, the ball movement it just increases like tenfold. Like it's like uh, when he's on the floor, he's just a conduit to swing the ball from side to side. And, you know, early in the season when the Raptors needed more offense and they weren't humming like they are now, you know, it's just like, all right, well, you know, uh, where's the offense going to come from? Mark, we need you to score more. We need you to score more. Shoot the ball, whatever. And and it, people got frustrated a little bit at the side to side swinging the ball. But really, when you look at it, Marcus saw keeping the ball moving and keeping the offense running side to side is exactly what the bench kind of needed because the bench does not have enough talent, even with everyone healthy, to be running isolations, to be running just pick and rolls all the time. No, they need to be coming off the ball. They need Marcus all to like give them gaps. And, and Mark just does so many small things that that are just that don't necessarily even go into the box score. Like Mark today was a team high plus twenty six. That's probably the best evidence in the box score. Marcus all doing what he did, but. It's the screen assist. It's the separation that he creates in terms of the angle of his screens, the wideness of his body that he's able to get his guard separation to go downhill, uh, the spacing at the top of the floor. You know, he drags up center out of the paint. I mean, he shot six or seven from three tonight, man. You better go out there and guard him. Um, so, you know, that creates a lot of space for people to cut into. Um, he's, again, really good at orchestrating, swinging the ball back and forth. And there was just so many gorgeous passing sequences, like the best basketball from tonight's game. All centered around Marcus All. Like it all involved him. There's one play where second quarter, Pat McCaw like is wide open for three, kinda hesitates, he kinda free it looks like he's glitching with the ball in his hands. He really doesn't want to shoot the ball. So he dumps it to Gasol and then uh, you know, Mark then cuts through. Or sorry, um, McCaw then cuts through. Gasol in the post throws a pass behind the defense to McCaw. The, the Wizards rotate, McCaw ro- catches the ball on the baseline kicks it out to the corner, swing up to the wing, and then, bam, a three for OG Anobi. And it's just a beautiful basketball, really. It really is, man. And and Marcus Gasol is just a wizard out there. And he was hitting some crazy threes, like <laughs> just buzzer-beating threes. A guy is contesting to him off one leg. Mark was really having himself a time. And, um, you know, you could just tell, man. It, it, I, I tweeted it out during the game in the first quarter. I was like, it's so obvious. The Marcus we saw earlier this season, and he was averaging like six points a game and six rebounds, whatever. Obviously, his importance is bigger than six point six rebounds, but that six point six rebounds, Gasol, it, it's just man, he was so tired, man. Mark looked like he needed a nap. He looked like he woken up from a nap. He was fresh. He had just he, he's had a, he's had an espresso and he's just roaring to go. There's a pep in his step. Um, even when you just watch him warm up and stuff, it, the shots are going in at a much higher clip. And it's just beautiful basketball. There's joy, and he's playing really well, and, and he's really asserting himself. Like, you know he's feeling himself when he's going behind his back and, and throwing these, like, Vladi Divac passes, man. Like, it, it's uh, it's great to see, and it's a great reminder that, again, you know, A, he's the first star from this game. 20 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, a block, amazing stuff, plus 26, 7-9 from the field, 6-7 from 3. You can't ask for anything else from Gasol. He was amazing tonight. And it's just a reminder that, yo, Marcus Gasol is one of the – he's a future Hall of Famer, like – he has this in him, and and if the Raptors can bottle this and keep it and unleash it when the the games matter the most, uh, it's going to make a big difference. Kyle Lowry. Now, there's a bit of concern with Kyle because uh, he did. Uh, there was a play at a rim where you know he went up. It was a verticality. I think it was Jordan McRae. 
one of these random wizard scrubs. Um, but bumped into him. Um, you know, Kyle. Uh, it looked like a, he like banged his knee. Uh, checked out of the game. Was biting his was biting his um, his jersey. Went straight to the locker room. But then he came right back and he played a little bit more and he was fine for the most part. Um, but you know, there was a bit of concern and hopefully nothing happens there. Obviously, the Raptors just need to stay healthy. And Kyle Lowry has done such a big big um, service to the team by keeping them afloat by playing out of his mind when everyone was hurt and you know the Raptors should really now use this chance to be careful not to over exert Kyle who is leading the league in minutes despite being a couple months away from being 34 but I mean you know Kyle was still good and again like it's watching Kyle bully Isaiah Thomas just brings me such joy one of my favorite plays um, from the Raptors in the last couple of years oddly enough was uh, the 2017 season, 2016, 2017 season, right after the NBA trade deadline happened, the Raptors acquired Serge Ibaka and uh, and PJ Tucker. And uh, there's one play where I mean, this might be my favorite Damari Carroll play. There's not a lot to choose from as a Raptor, but Damari Carroll just like mugged Isaiah Thomas and just ripped the ball away from him, and like Isaiah fell on the ground and everything like that. And it just like it's just something so satisfying about I just dunking on Isaiah. I don't know what it is, man. I actually really like Isaiah Thomas, but um, it's just kind of funny to see Kyle, who's a pretty small guy, all things considered, by NBA standards, just completely bully Isaiah and get whatever he wanted offensively. And he got the KFC play of the game, which, you know, it wasn't against Isaiah, but Kyle Lowry came off, uh, you know, was coming across half court. Serge Ibaka set a screen like five feet away from the three-point line. Um, you know, Lowry's getting played really tightly by Gary Payton the second. And uh, Lowry comes across that screen, jumps because Payne, you know, had his arm on Lowry. Lowry then flings up the shot because he wants to get the three-point foul or at least a minimum a shooting foul or some, or just uh, any foul. Somehow the referees don't call it, so Lowry's caught in the air and he has to, like, heave the thing. So he's his, his legs are forward, he has to use two hands, and he's just literally chucking the ball as much as he can. I don't even know how he physically had enough strength to do that. It takes a lot of core strength. Um, but then he switches the shot. And, you know, it's one of the craziest shots I've seen Kyle make. I've seen, a lot, I've seen Kyle make a lot of circus shots, uh, you know, especially through contact. That one has to be the best. And so that's your KFC bucket of the game. It, it was, I mean, it was that kind of night for the Raptors, man. They shot 22 of 43 from three. Like, that was one of them. That was probably the most impressive one. Uh, you know, Boucher got some time, finally. Uh, this is the first time I've seen him since DeMar ended his life. So um, it was good to see him out there <laughs> being Anthony Tolliver. Uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, 19 minutes. You know, uh, you know, he actually just he did the right things defensively. Uh, you know, he, he competed, he, he scrapped. He didn't really force his offense that much, which I really appreciate. I don't think he needs to as much now that there's so much talent on the floor, and so he can focus on what makes him good, like the playmaking, five assists, the three steals, uh, plus 22 in 19 minutes. I liked Rondé's effort. And also a uh, very good episode on Open Gym this week uh, about Rondé and his, his birthday. So go watch that. Stanley Johnson came in, had five minutes, they got an assist, dribbled the ball a little bit, you know, didn't really see much there. Terrence Davis, 24 minutes, 9 of 16 shooting from the field, 5 of 7 from 3, 7 rebounds, 3 assists in 24 minutes, uh, plus 21. Uh, he's my third star tonight. You know, there's just something I really appreciate about Terrence is that, like, he's just really explosive offensively. Like, when he's on, he's on. There's a lot of games where he's not on, and he's kind of invisible, doesn't impart himself on the game, he makes a couple mistakes, then Nick Stars is like, all right, you're out of there. And then he slanders him in the post game. But there's also these games from Terrence where it's it's now not necessarily outliers when Terrence Davis gets to 20 points or in the upper teens, which is pretty good for a rookie coming off the bench. Because, like, 
you know, he has this explosive quality in his game. And look, look, the Wizards don't play defense, so it's it's whatever. But still, it's nice to see him do this, right? Like, it was only like last week when he had twenty three points, which is um, a career high against the Hornets, and he did an overtime and he, he had a bunch of rebounds and stuff like that. But you know, it, it's just his three point shot is good. Like Terrence Davis, five of seven from three. What I liked, especially about the five of seven today, um, was that a lot of them were off the dribble. Uh, you know, it came off the high screen. The Wizards just, again, not playing much defense. Terrence was able to rise up and hit that shot. If you can hit that shot consistently, then, oh, my God, that is, a, that is a big, big step. It's it's a very difficult shot for a lot of players to take, especially rookies. And if Terrence can hit pull-up threes off a high screen, then we're really talking about a future starting point guard here. But he also attacked the rim aggressively, cut well, played without, well in the scheme of the team. And, and really, I mean, Marcus Gasol is going to help everybody on the team, but it's definitely going to help Terrence Davis a lot just because – uh, Davis is very similar to Norman Powell in the sense that he can shoot threes, he's athletic, he can finish. Um, his decision making is not always the best, but when you have someone to make decisions for you, when you have someone to make plays for you, Terrence can be really, really effective, and Terrence is really good at that tonight. And a couple of nice passes as well. So I, I like the way Darren Terrence played. I think, honestly, um, when everyone gets healthy again, when Fred is back, he's probably not going to see 24 minutes unless it's a blowout. But at the same time, like I really do think that Terrence really deserves a chance to um, be in the rotation still. Like, right now, you have the top seven is pretty much confirmed. It's, you know, the same seven-man rotation minus Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green that won the championship. So they're going to stay the top seven, assuming no trades are made. After that, there's an eighth spot available and a ninth spot and really a tenth spot. So we're really talking about three more positions. And if you look at it, it's probably one wing, one guard, and one center. Boucher's probably the center if they're going to play any bigs. And if they don't play any bigs, it's probably going to be Rondé. Uh, and then Macaw, you know, it's going to factor in there somehow just because, you know, Nurse really likes Macaw. But honestly, out of all those guys, I think Davis has the most upside in terms of how he can p- uh, affect the game, especially offensively, man. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's it's it should be – I think Nurse should give them a chance to at least come into the game for a shift, give him like five, six minutes, give him like three threes, a drive to the rim, and just see what he has. Because if you can get Davis engaged early in the game, then there's a very high chance your bench is going to be carried because you're going to have Davis as a scorer, you're going to have Norm as a scorer, you're probably going to have Ivaca as a scorer coming off the bench. That's a lot of scoring coming off the bench. And so and it could really swing games. It could really help you maintain leads. Uh, and, and honestly, Davis just kind of deserves it, man. He's played he's played really well. Now, it's it's inconsistent, so I don't blame Nurse if, if Davis doesn't have it and he, and he doesn't play him in the second half. That's okay. But you got to give him at least a chance to see what he has in the first quarter. And, and today, he was phenomenal. And then, you know, McCaw played. I don't want to talk more about McCaw, man. People are just ridiculous about this McCaw thing. Yeah, he's not great, but, like, come on, man. It's just we don't need to focus on McCaw every day. And so the last guy I want to focus on is the number two star for me today, Norman Powell, 28 points, five rebounds, two assists, three steals, a block, 10 of 17 from the field, four of nine from three, four of five from the free throw line. Norman Powell is just playing so well. Um, you know, if you look back on his last 13 games, Norman Powell, which, which dates back to the end of November, in his last 13 games, Norman Powell is averaging 20 points a game, shooting 58% from the field and 48% from three. His true shooting percentage as a guy scoring 20 points a game off the bench is 68%. That's insane. That's more efficient than Steph Curry's best seasons. Like, it's, it's, or it's at least on par with that. And it's just like, you know, I, I don't know if Norman Powell can hold this on and sustain it the whole season. I don't know how much of a drop off there has to be. He's not going to shoot 48% from three. But, man, he's in an incredible groove right now. Every single game, he keeps it simple. He's making great plays. Him and Mark, we know they have chemistry. Mark playing with the second unit a little bit. 
to activate Norm is just going to create good things. The two of them have a really nice chemistry together. One guy wants to pass. One guy wants to shoot. It's perfect. Um, and, yeah, man, Powell is just making the most of everything. He's rebounding. He's, even his defense is, is, is there. He, you know, sometimes he gets too low in his stance. He gets a little crossed up. I don't know why Norm likes to really get into a deep, deep squat and then get crossed up because, you know, you're not going to have a lot of mobility when you're that deep in a squat. But still, man, Norm's scoring, his efficiency – is off the charts right now, man. I mean, like, who would have thought that, that Norm Powell would be doing this? And um, the first half, it was just ridiculous. Every shot he put up, you, you were just screaming that it was going to go in. Um, and, yeah, man, Norm was just incredible. Again, the Wizards played no defense, so whatever. But still, man, Norm Powell has done this to some pretty damn good defenses. And, uh, and honestly, you know, it's just encouraging that, you know, the last two games, Norm Powell has come off the bench. Now, he doesn't necessarily deserve to come off the bench. I think there's a real case to be made for him to start. But still, he came off the bench against OKC, 27 minutes. He gives you 23 points on, you know, if, incredibly efficient shooting. And today, he comes off the bench and gives you 28 points, and again, on really incredible efficiency. And so if he can just maintain this, if he can be a star in this role, be amazing. Like, I, you know, Nick Nurse, uh, uh, you know, a couple months ago, was asked, hey, man, what can Nick, what can uh, Norm Powell do better? And Nick was like, look, man, sometimes he gives you 26 points, sometimes he gives you zero. That's an actual quote from Nick Nurse. Um, and it's like, yeah, he just needs to be consistent. Well, I mean, he was asked again about it today uh, by uh, Louis Zatzman of Rap- Raptors Republic. Um, and, you know, Nurse kind of had nothing to say. Nurse was like, well, you know, Norm could be a little better defensively and stuff like that. But it's like, there's nothing else to say. Like, he's delivered exactly what... Uh, nurse wants out of him you know it's uh it's 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 consistency it's scoring it's reliable it's it's with the starters it's with the bench it doesn't matter he comes in he's focused he's efficient and it's uh it's awesome awesome to see so to recap the raptors get 140 points that matches a franchise record your three stars tonight are marcus all is the first star second star Noah powell third star terrence davis your gerald henderson award winner tonight is isaac bonga who, again, has an incredibly old face for someone who is only 20 years old, and a fresh 20 of that, and this is a very recent 20. Uh, he, it just look up his face, man. He, it doesn't, if you just saw the face, you would think he might be 45. But still, man, Bonga, uh, honestly, outplayed Siakam tonight. Like, <laughs> he was really nice. 17 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, you know, he's long. He can handle the ball. He's a 6'9 point guard. The Lakers drafted him. They traded him to Washington to dump some contracts along with Mo Wagner and uh, – I mean, he's interesting. He can do some things. He's got good length. Uh, if he f- is, you know, he has the physical tools, um, and if he's focused, you know, I could see him developing. And, and today he was pretty good. I mean, he, at one point he was six of six from the field, and people were getting excited about him in, in a thirty-point loss. So again, that's just what it's like to be a Wizards fan. You're getting excited about thirty-point losses. Getting excited that Troy Brown Jr. is getting twenty-two points as a minus twenty-three from the field. You're getting excited at Andres Pesesnich, who has an incredible name. Uh, you're getting excited because Ish Smith could carve up the Raptors. You know, Ish actually did okay tonight. I, it, it, Ish obviously has historically killed the Raptors, but tonight, I mean, 12 points, 8 assists. They will live with that. Actually, shout out McCall for his defense against Ish. It was not bad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so, but Isaac Bonga gets your Gerald Henderson award tonight. And again, like, it's hard to evaluate some of these games just because the other team is so pathetic, but like, I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's nice to beat up on the Wizards. Like, the Raptors have now won twice against the Wizards this year? I'm having deja vu. I feel like every Friday I'm here at the Scotiabank Arena recapping wins over the Wizards. But, uh, you know, after 2015, kind of want to smack the Wizards every time. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to KFC for sponsoring the show. And if you haven't already, check out the Raptors Over Everything live call-in show. Uh, It comes out every Friday. It's archived on the Raptors Over Everything podcast network. Um, 
You can listen to it there. Josh is back as a co-host. And if you want to be part of the show but you can't call in live, you can leave us a message, whether that's a hot take, whether that's a question, whether that's a comment, whether that's whatever. You can drop a message in the Yahoo Sports Canada Instagram page, direct message us, leave us a voicemail, and uh, as we did on this week's show, we will play them as part of the KFC Hotline. So thanks again for everyone listening. Rate, review, and subscribe. And I'll be back tomorrow to recap, you know, I mean, let's be real, to recap a win over the Timberwolves. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.